I invite you to open your Bibles today to Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. Uh, we've got a second passage that we'll be looking at this morning as well. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. Uh, you know, if you can't find those, uh, table of contents is there for you in the front part of your Bibles if you've got them in print. And your digital Bibles, I'm sure you'll be able to find those. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. Follow along as I read aloud, please. Here we go. For the, by, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ." and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness." In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11 says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to Him belong glory and dominion, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. It's good to have you here today. Uh, welcome to Fairfax Bible Church. If this is your first time, I'm Matthew Nicosia, the lead pastor here at Fairfax Bible. And I want to let you know, toward the end of our message here today, we're going to be taking communion. So as you walked in, if you did not grab one of the little packets here with our elements, go ahead right now. It's not awkward. You're welcome to do it. You can get up, go to your right. We've got some more elements there, so please do that. We don't want you to miss out later if you would like to partake in the Lord's Supper with us, and you are a follower of Jesus Christ here today as we celebrate that. So we're finishing up a, a little series here that we've been doing this month to start off the new year, kicking off the new year 2023. Many of you are forming new habits. Maybe those habits are flowing out of some resolutions that you've made, but we've been considering what, it, what am I to do with this life that God has given me? And the, the title of our series has been this, Time, Treasure, and Talents, All He Wants, He Being God, All He Wants is all of you. In the last couple of weeks, I've kind of been a little bit mean, tempting you in the middle of a church service here, what, about an hour and a half before lunchtime? Maybe you had breakfast, but we've been tempt I've been tempting you with various foods. A couple of weeks ago, it was pie, delicious pie. I even showed a picture of pie a la mode, blackberry pie a la mode. Oh my goodness, so delicious. Last week, I shared some photographs of some pizza. We love pizza, amen, right? Love pizza, yes. Well, today I'm going to go back to the dessert menu, and we're going to take a look at some cakes here. Cakes, yes. Ooh, I heard some like 
I heard some like gratification there, showing some cake. Now, some of you got to go with the classic chocolate cake. I love chocolate cake. It's delicious. We've got red velvet cake there in the lower left for you. And we, for those of you that are kind of healthier and you kind of fool yourself into thinking that carrot cake is healthy, I've got there for you, that for you as well, carrot cake. But I've got something in the upper right corner because I just learned this about someone very recently, someone very precious to us in our church body. Can anybody tell me what's on the upper right? What kind of cake is that? Funfetti. Uh, our brother Will Johnson, his favorite cake in all the world is Funfetti cake. And I kind of looked at him like, for real? He said, absolutely. Funfetti cake. So Fairfax Bible Youth, now you've been told fun, uh, Funfetti cake is our youth director's favorite flavor of cake. So there you go. But why am I showing you cake? Why did I show you pie? Why did I show you pizza? Well, it's because of this. We're considering these pieces of a cake or a pizza or a pie that make up a whole. And sometimes we think to ourselves, how much does God want of my life? Does he want the first piece? Does he want the last piece? Does he want uh, maybe half the pie? Well, as we've been seeing from Scripture, God doesn't just want a piece. God wants all of it. All he wants is all of you. And kind of our theme verse as we've been journeying through this is Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And it comes from the New Living Translation. I like this, this translation. It says this, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. It only makes sense, friends, when you consider all the goodness of God that we sang about this morning given to you to say, Lord, the only reasonable way to worship you then, to give you praise, to honor you with all that you've done for me is to give you my whole body. All God wants is all of you. Not only does God want the whole cake, <laughs> your whole life, but he also tells us he's given each of us unique talents, skills, passions, and experiences. So uh, you could consider each of us having our own unique flavor, our own special color or topping, just like cupcakes. I got cupcakes there for you as well. Now, when it comes to cupcakes, I've learned from my daughter, unless the cupcake has filling in it, you kind of like pull the top off and then take the bottom and you kind of flip it on its end and then you squish it together to make like a cupcake sandwich. And so if you've not done that, I encourage you to do it. So now you've got the perfect proportion of frosting and cake there to enjoy. But you think about all these different varieties of cupcakes and they come together in a beautiful bakery or maybe you bring them home in a box and you see this beautiful collection of different unique cupcakes coming together to satisfy your palate. But, but God does something amazing when we join the family of God through faith in Jesus. We're also given another person of God who comes to live in us. That person is the Holy Spirit. And through this person, Jesus gives us spiritual gifts that we become stewards of. Just like your time and just like your treasure, God also uses your talents, including the spiritual gifts that he's given to you when you were born into this new family. Your talents are given to you from God to steward and to use for his good purposes in this world. See, the Bible says that each of you, each of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. Your unique talents and abilities are on display all the time. Now, some of you are artistic. That's not me. Some of you are analytical. 
Some are great communicators while other are, others are creative in their own quiet ways. Some are great at leading others while some thrive while following and serving behind the scenes. Your talents, they show up all over the place. At your jobs, in your homes, in your schools, on the field of play. Some of you are amazingly athletic. Some of you are beautiful at playing instruments, beautifully playing them. Some of you are great singers. We've heard that this morning. Some of you are great at computer programming, photo, photography, or, or painting, and the list could go on and on and on, the skills and abilities and talents that God has given to you. But something amazing happens when we get welcomed into Jesus' kingdom, when we trust in Him. All those abilities become infused with spiritual power from the Holy Spirit, and you're given gifts that can be used in powerful ways and for powerful eternal purposes. See, before our new lives in Jesus, our, our, uh, our talents, they could have impacts, some impacts for the here and now, uh, but uh, some for the good of others, but many of those talents are wasted on our selfish pursuits. But God, He's given every one of His children spiritual gifts along with their natural abilities to help build up the church. Praise God that you're here with all the talents and abilities and gifts that you've been given to build up His church, not just here in Fairfax, but beyond what he does he gives us a great and glorious purpose that goes beyond the here and now i mean come on wow that's awesome if you're here today and you're craving purpose for your life if you're looking for direction if you're desiring hope if you are are searching for clarity god knows and he wants to use you as his instrument for the greatest purpose you could ever dream of all god wants is all of you he wants the whole cake including your talents, your experiences, and your gifts, so that you can experience the thrill of living for Him. What a great gift this is. What a great gift. But I want to know, what, what about these gifts? What am I supposed to do with them? How am I to steward them? Uh, how are we to function together with these gifts and talents and, and the unique things that we have in our lives? That brings us to our big idea this morning, and we'll see that in the passages that I read earlier from Romans and 1 Peter. Our big idea is this. We all have unique talents, but God gives us gifts so we can live for His glorious purpose. We all have unique talents, but God gives us gifts so we can live for a glorious purpose. We all come to the table with abilities, but only God infuses spiritual gifts into our lives so we can have a purpose that stretches beyond this room, beyond this school, beyond your neighborhood, and out into eternity forever and ever. What does God want us to know about our gifts? How can we manage them? How can we steward them? How can we use the gifts and talents that He's given to us in a way that pleases God? How can we know we're living out the purpose that He's given to us? And again, our big idea is God gives us gifts so we can live for a glorious purpose. God gives us gifts so we can live for a glorious purpose. First thing we see from our passages in Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4 says this. Uh, it's, it's this, our gifts lead to honest humility about ourselves, not exaggerated superiority. You see, our gifts lead to honest humility, not exaggerated superiority. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, we read it uh, earlier, we'll read it again. For by the grace given to me, the Apostle Paul says, to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, 
each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, this is written by the great Apostle Paul, one of the greatest uh, uh, people in the history of the church, one of the people that God used to have one of the greatest impact in all of Western civilization and beyond that, all over the world. And, and his, his writings in the New Testament are read every single week, in fact, every single day. You think about this great apostle, right? What did he have to say about himself? I'm super great, you're a little less than me. Is that what he says? He says, no, by the grace given to me. He understood that he was who he was, the impact that he was having, the revelations that he saw, the knowledge he was given was a gift from God. It wasn't anything to be boasting or bragging about. And so then he turns that to the, to the, the, the Roman church. He says, since we're all in the family by God's grace, arrogance is way out of place. You know, some of us have gifts that are maybe a little bit more visible than others or talents that maybe uh, excel just a little bit more quickly than others. But you know what? It's all a gift from God. There isn't any place for arrogance in the household of God, friend. It's out of place. Our gifts lead to honest humility, not exaggerated superiority. And so Paul says this, I want you to have sober judgment. He says, I want you to have a sound or healthy mind. I want you to have good sense. I want you to be reasonable about the gifts and the grace that God has given to you and who you are. Think clearly. Think honestly. Be humble about yourself. God has assigned His gift to you. You don't need to compare yourself to others. It's out of line to work to, for God to impress others. There's no need to exaggerate. We're all in by God's grace. We've all been given gifts by His grace, and we all serve because of and to the praise of His glorious grace. If you're here today and you feel like, I don't have much to give, friend, you got in and you were given gifts by God's grace. If you're here and you look down on others because you think that your gift somehow is superior to another, repent, friend. You've been given that gift by God's grace, by His grace. Now, we all see that the mess, <laughs> that exaggerations about our backgrounds, fudging about our credentials, maybe inflating our resumes, where that gets us. We see this in Hollywood We've been seeing it a lot recently in the news from our politicians and our leaders and so on. To impress, we inflate our GPAs. We fudge about our degrees. We lie just a little bit about our resumes, our experiences, our relationships. We try to be that person that we think we should be and that others expect us to be rather than being the person God created us to be. Friend, you're not God. He's God. He created you for a glorious purpose. And that should free us up. That should set us free from having to be impressive toward others, toward one another. No, we can be honest and humble about our gifts, about our talents, about our backgrounds. No one is superior over another in this family, friend. And I want to tell you today, Far be it from me standing in front of you here today to think that I'm superior. You were saved by the same grace. I was saved by grace. None of us are superior over another. God's not impressed with exaggeration and it does no good for the church. But, but when he finds a people who are being honest and humble about who they are in him, he says, now I can use you for a glorious purpose. Our gifts lead to honest humility. 
not exaggerated superiority. Secondly, what we see from these passages is this. Our gifts promote unity. Unity, not competition. Flows right out of the first point. Our gifts promote unity, not competition. Again, in verses 4 through 5 of Romans 12, it says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are how many? One body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Do you hear the oneness happening over and over and over again? Paul is comparing our assembly, the church, to a human body. Now, your body's made up of many parts, but it's still just one body, right? And thank God you have multiple members and parts of your body. We need each part to function properly amen and we we feel it when one of those parts doesn't function properly lately this right knee of mine hasn't been functioning just quite as well as i'd hope that it always would but but we need each part of our body it'd be kind of weird if we were all here walking around and we were just one big eyeball rolling through the uh through the auditorium right or or just a hand like in uh, adam's family like crawling across the floor right it'd be very weird but we the church together by analogy we're one body And not just any body, but the body of Christ, with Jesus being the head. We all have different functions, but this this isn't meant to divide us or cause competition between us. No, our unique gifts, talents, experiences, and abilities are exactly what God wants so that we each function as God desires. And then when we all function together, we can be a healthy body under Jesus. But if I want the gifts you have, and and if you want the gifts that I have, what what would happen to us? What if I feel like my function is less important or significant than your function? What if I felt, though, however, on the other side, if my gift, my function is so important and so significant that I look down on you because you don't have my gift? It's not meant to divide, it's meant to unite Now, Paul, he uses this same analogy in another letter that he wrote to a group of people who lived in the city of Corinth, the Christians that were there. And he writes this as he's talking about something very similar to these spiritual gifts. He uses this metaphor, this analogy of a body with many many members once again. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 21 to 26, it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow great honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, us, the church, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Be praying for our brother Lanny Mize. This morning, when he was helping with the setup team, he bashed his finger, had to go to the hospital. That's fractured and he had to get stitches. You don't think that his whole body didn't feel that when that happened to his finger? You know what that, ha- you know what that feels like, right? One member suffers in your body and your whole body feels it. And so it should be with us, friends. We shouldn't say, well, that's their problem. That's his problem. That's her problem. No, we're in this all together because we share of one body together. Think how bizarre it would be. Some of you may be ears. Some of you may be toes. 
Some of you may be elbows or earlobes or I, I don't know, whatever. Just come up with it. Obviously, I'm not hair, right? <laughs> right? That's all right. Yeah. Right? It's okay. But it would be so silly if we walked around and, and competed with each other and said, hey, you eyeballs out there, we, we don't need you. You just go find another church to go be a part of. We're a hand church. We just want to be a bunch of hands. Think about how silly it would be to say, oh, we love smelling so much. We want to be a church of noses, but we couldn't care less about hearing, right? We don't need the ears in here. Friends, that's just bizarre and it's weird. And so when we have competition with one another, it makes no sense whatsoever. God has not called us to division, but he's, a, he's cause, called us to see that we have different functions and we say, yes, let's come together, let's function together for God and his glory, for unity. Do you see it? Our different functions, they promote health. Our different functions promote unity and growth, not division, not division. The third thing we see from our passages here today is that our gifts produce effects, not efficiency. Our gifts produce effects, not efficiency. Now, I want to let you know right out the gate, I am not an enemy of efficiency. I love efficiency. You can even ask my wife. However, as I'm reading this passage here, as we're reading it here today, Romans 12, 6 through 8, what I see here is just effects and fruit busting out all over the place. And it's almost like you can't keep up with all just these good works and these gifts on display. Look at it again, Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. It says this, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. What's Paul saying here? Use your gifts. Use them, put them to use, go for it. Give it all you got. If you're passionate about serving, serve. If you join a ministry team, friends, here today, we want to let you know we want to do everything with decency and in order, but you know what? We don't want our efficiency to somehow dampen your passion to go and serve and use your gift. Join a ministry team. You love hanging out with kids and helping them learn? Serve on the kids' team. Do you love mentoring students? Join our youth ministry. You heard it here this morning. We're looking for people who can mentor young people. Do you love displaying hospitality and making people feel welcome? Join our guest experience team. Do you want to make a tangible impact in our community through good deeds? Join our Go Beyond team. Do you love working with your hands? Join our setup team. I promise you broken fingers don't happen that often, all right? <laughs> Are you passionate about praying for others? Join our prayer team. Do you love helping those who are in need in our community serve at the Lamb Center? There's people there, broken people, hurting people. They would love a ministry from you if you're passionate to help the broken and the hurting. Do you feel a burn to support expectant mothers who are wondering how they'll care for their baby, serve with sanctity of life? Do you want to go somewhere beyond Northern Virginia? Do you want to even go to the remote places of the world? Go. We would love to equip you and to serve you, friends. We're not here to be merely efficient. We're here to be effective. We want to see fruit and gifts and talents and resources busting out all throughout this place and out into our communities. Now, this can get messy, friends. It can get messy. Let's just be honest. But it's a thrill. 
It's a thrill. Like I said, it, at Fairfax Bible Church, we strive to do all things decently in order. But sometimes ministry gets messy. Now, I'm at home and I, I can kind of know when something's good, good is coming in my house. I will open the door and I smell something amazing and I look in the kitchen and it's a little messy. But I know that something delicious is coming out of the oven. You see, you need a little mess to produce something great, right? Sometimes we get hung up on efficiency. Efficiency is good when it helps us become effective in our work, our serving, and our ministry. But sometimes, sometimes, in the name of efficiency or convenience, we can hold ourselves and others back from doing the, thing, the very things that God wants us to do. Friends, go out and do it. Serve with zeal. Lead with passion. Uh, love people with all your heart. Go do it. We're here to help you do it. In fact, uh, an author that I was reading in a foreword of a, of a book, Find Your Place. I'll mention it to you later, so don't worry. He writes this, that because of efficiency and convenience, many churches adopt this posture. We, the leadership, can do it, and you can help us do it. For the posture of the Bible, and the posture we want to strive for here at Fairfax Bible Church is this. You can do it. We, the elders, ministry team leaders, we can help you do it. You can do it. We can help you. Not we can do it and you can help us. Do you see the distinction there? See, your elders, your staff pastors, your ministry team leaders, we want to equip and mobilize you, God's people, to accomplish God's purposes wherever they lead you. Friend, if God has put it on your heart and you're ready to do it, go do it. It doesn't have to be organized by the pastor. It doesn't have to be organized by... We want to help you do it. Go be the church. Use your gifts. Be effective. Moving along, our fourth thing that we see from our passages are this. Our gifts are meant to bless others, not to benefit ourselves. Our gifts are meant to bless others, not benefit ourselves. 1 Peter 4.10 once again says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Now, we could be selfish about gifts, right? Like, I get a new gift. It's like, I want to be kind of selfish about it, right? My kids got me some AirPods for Christmas, and it's like, I, I want to use them all the time. And if anybody asks me to share, I say, heck no, right? It's kind of gross anyway, right? The new toy that a child receives at Christmas or for their birthday is tough to share right when it comes out of the packaging. You see, our sin has hardwired us towards selfishness. But God shows us another way. He's given us gifts for the very purpose of sharing them with us others. That's their purpose. This is what it means to be a good steward or a good manager of the skills and talents and gifts that God's given to you. You see, a bad manager, they, they hoard their talents. They hoard their gifts. They stuff them down. They hide them because of pride and selfishness. Or maybe they only use their gifts for their own personal or financial gain, but God has given us a different way. Think about a great baker or a cook. They're receiving the finest cooking equipment, all the finest kitchen equipment that they could ever ask for. But what do they use that equipment for? Only to cook small little meals for themselves. They never cook for anyone else. What a waste. What a waste. You see, a good steward knows how to use the gifts they've been given to benefit others. 
You've been given the greatest kitchen equipment in all the world, friends. God has given you gifts, talents, and abilities not to hoard it for yourself, but to use it for his glory, to serve others. As you think about your gifts and calling, you know you'll be on the right track of fulfilling God's purposes when you think this way. And when you envision this, how will it bless others rather than how will it benefit myself? Think about this, your calling, your gifts, your talents. Envision yourself, how could it be used to bless others? Not just make me feel good, but bless others. It's for others, it's for others, for a glorious purpose. And fifthly and finally, from our passages, it says this in 1 Peter 4.11, whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that for this purpose, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. See, our fifth point, I, I guess I missed that for a second, our gifts point to God's glory, not our own fame and fortune. Our gifts point to God's glory, not our fame and fortune. See, we have all these gifts. We serve with the strength that God supplies. We speak not our own words, but we speak the, the, the oracles, the truths, the promises, the doctrines of God, His, His commands, His exhortations. You know, I moved from California to Fairfax, come all the way across the country, and I would have never done it if it was Fairfax Man's Opinion Church. Fairfax Human Ideas Church. No, we're Fairfax Bible Church because we speak God and His Word and it causes us to cherish and love Jesus and then we preach Him all for His glory. And we serve here. We put on that brand, Fairfax Bible Church. I think I see there's a shirt right there. Not for our own glory. We give glory to Jesus. It's all for Him. It's all for His glory. To Him be glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. With a thousand hallelujahs, right? And when we are functioning together as the body of Christ, using the talents, the gifts, and the abilities that God has given to you, functioning together, not out of competition, but out of unity, God gives, gets great glory and great praise in all of it. And it blesses our neighbor, it blesses our fellow man, and we get to live out a glorious purpose that God has given to us. That's where we discover our true purpose that's where we find our greatest enjoyment. That's where we find deep contentment and satisfaction when we're living out God's purpose for us in this world as He leads us in stewarding the life He's given to each of us with our time, with our treasures, and with our talents. It's all for Him, amen? It's all for Him. He wants the whole cake. He deserves the whole cake cake and it gives us the greatest satisfaction we could ever enjoy when we offer him the whole cake our whole lives all he wants is all of you again our big idea this morning is this we all have unique talents but god gives us gifts so we can live for a glorious glorious purpose i hope you feel it today I, i've been excited as i've been studying this but wow to think about the, the potential 
that's in this room, that's in our small groups, that's, that's in our gatherings together when God uses us uniquely, every cupcake working together, every member of the body, the hands, the feet, the eyes, the toes, the earlobes, the hair follicles, I'm not one of those, but you know, we just love it when you get to use your purposes to great effects for God's glory. What does this mean for Monday? What does this mean for Monday? It's a question we seek to answer each week as we consider, okay, I've heard the scripture. What am I going to do about it? I don't want to just be thinking about it today. I want to be changed tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on, right? And not just the week, this week, but for the weeks to come. I, I want to propose to you, or not propose, I want to present to you several resources. Again, every week I'm presenting just several resources for you to check out. Um, if you want to get these resources and you want to write them all down, just email me, Matthew at FairfaxBible.org. I can send them to you. But I've got three, a couple of uh, books and a few sites here that I'd like to share with you. The first one is a book I just came across recently, and I think it's really, really good. It's called Find Your Place, Locating Your Calling Through Your Gifts, Passions, and Story by Rob Wegner and Brian Phipps. And they even have like an assessment tool. If you kind of like to say, I- I'd like some help kind of figuring out how God has uh, prepared me to be useful to him for his kingdom. And they have a site called giftpassionstory.com. And it's a g- great little place, but the book and the, and the assessment, they go together. And then there's another book that I read actually when I was in seminary that really helped me out a lot. It's called Maximizing Your Effectiveness. Not efficiency, right? (laughs) There are books on that too, though. Maximizing Your Effectiveness, How to Discover and Develop Your Divine Design by Aubrey Malfers. Excellent book, and he's got some assessment tools in that as well. And then another one that we use, it's not Christian-based, but we find it really helpful. In fact, our, uh, many of our ministry and small group leaders just did this recently. Matt Rumbaugh is kind of a, a guru on it. No, he doesn't want me to say that, but he can help you out as well. StrengthsFinder 2.0, this StrengthsFinder test kind of helps you figure out what are my strengths. You know, you could ask yourself, how has God designed me to be useful for His glory and for His kingdom? And, and so I'd recommend those to you. But, but I want to just take a look at uh, something that comes out here from this first, this first resource that I shared. Find your place. Find your place. Locating your calling through your gifts, passions, and story. And, and there's this great verse in the Bible. Well, there's a lot of them. But Ephesians 2.10 is a really great one. And I, I want to provide you, for you the New Living Translation uh, version of this. It says, for we are God's, read it with me, we are God's what? Masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we could do the good things he's planned for us long ago. I love that idea. You are God's masterpiece. You're his work of art that he saved and rescued to allow you to be a great vessel for his glory. You're a masterpiece. We're a masterpiece. Praise God for that, that you would call me a masterpiece in the work that he's doing. He'd call you a masterpiece in the work that he's doing in your life. You're a one-of-a-kind bearer of God's image. This is the quote that, that I found in this book here from Rob Wegner and Brian Phipps, the authors of Find Your Place. They say, you are a masterpiece. You're a one-of-a-kind bearer of God's image, priceless in worth, filled with a mysterious and unique mix of gifts and passions with amazing stories that are exclusively yours. What a great statement. You are God's masterpiece. And what they would propose, and and if you're sitting here today thinking to yourself, what do I do with the gifts that God's given to me? How do I even discover what those are? Well, they've given us a tool, and I think it could be helpful to you today. 
It's the God-designed soul technology of GPS. Now, that's kind of clever. Might be kind of corny too, but that's okay. GPS, GPS. We use GPS to navigate the places that we need to go to, right? Well, God's given us a GPS so that we can navigate how he's designed us and how he could use us for his glory. So first of all, the G in the GPS is gifts. What are you good at? What are your talents? What are your abilities? What kind of training have you received? Your expertise. What have you found that comes naturally to you? In what areas do you thrive? Pursue them. Pursue those. If you love working behind the scenes, don't expect to lead a small group. Follow the path that is in line with your skills and abilities. If you're working behind the scenes and you feel like, I have something to communicate, come see us. We want to give you an opportunity with training and equipping and to understand, to give you a place to teach. Friends, what are you good at? What are the gifts? Not just natural abilities, but maybe a spiritual gift that God has given to you that we could pray with you about to help you discover how God has uniquely designed you with the talents and abilities that he's given to you. So that's the G. The next is the P, the passions. What do you love? What do you love? What gets your heart pumping? What gets you up in the morning excited to do? What can you spend long amounts of time doing without feeling like it's a drudgery? And I'm not just talking about hobbies here, but I'm talking about life passions, right? Things that drive you to accomplish good things. You may have no passion for tech equipment, (laughs) for lighting, video, and sound. Maybe you do. We'd love to have you join the team, right? But maybe you love working with kids. Maybe you love helping them learn and and see Jesus from all the Bible. Maybe you love just even helping out and, and being there to love them and care for them while their parents are here getting to hear God's word as well. Whatever that may be, follow your passions. God has put that in your heart for a reason. He puts those desires in you. And then the S in this GPS is story. How has God led you in your journey, in your story? You have a unique story, a story of highs and lows, of peaks and valleys. You have experiences that have shaped you and formed you. You have scars, friend. You have victories. Your story is part of God's plan and purpose for your life. And he wants to use your story, even the ugly parts, for his glory. Remember, he sees you as his masterpiece. He didn't find you as a masterpiece. He's transforming you into his masterpiece. That includes your story. Some of you have been through some of the hardest, hardest things that a person could go through. Oh, friend, God can use even the hardest spots, the ugliest moments, the saddest, the saddest tragedies for his glory and for his purposes. Second Corinthians 1 says, Praise be to God, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we can comfort others with the comfort that he's comforted us with. Friend, you've been receiving comfort from God through your story, and you could use that story to pass it on to others. But God has given us this GPS, our gifts, our passions, and our stories. And I want to invite you this week, take some time alone, get on your knees and say, Lord, here, here it is. It's all for you. I want to give you the whole cake, the whole pizza, the whole pie. You can have my time, my treasures, my talents, but would you show me what is your purpose for me in my life? I invite you to do that today. 
God has called us his masterpieces, but it's, it's not because we earned that designation. He wasn't out shopping one day and passed by you and said, wow, Matthew is flawless and beautiful. He really stands out and can make me look good on my mantle at my home. No, no. We're all God's masterpieces because he has made us so by his grace. 